0: Presenting Channeling Eric's Hour of Enlightenment. I just love
1: the way he enunciates so clearly. All right, guess what, guys? We are finally back. I'm so sorry we missed three weeks in a row. That is just unheard of. We've never done that before. But one was due to illness, and then, you know, I had to have a vacation. Mother-daughter trip, and I loved it. And I got my batteries recharged. But now we're back. So we are so honored to have author R.J. Kaufman. He wrote the, um, uh, the, the, the book Ashes to Afterlife, A Skeptic's Journey. You know, and, and Rick, you know, you and I both have had the skeptic journey, too. I mean, I'm not, me, I was raised by militant atheists. And when Eric died, it was like, okay, where is he? You know, and so I, uh, I'd love for you to share your story. By the way, hi, Eric. I love you. And hi, Michelle Gray, wonderful channel and healer. All the information, guys, for, for these people, these wonderful people, are going to be in the description box. Okay.
0: Eric, Eric just says, hi, Mom. Hi. He's like, I love you. I love you. And uh, Rick, he's saying hi to you, too. He's, up a, <laughs> he's pulling up a stool. He's got his hat on backwards. And he's got his hand under his chin like this. I keep ready to listen,
1: waiting to listen to RJ. Awesome. All right, so let's hear about your journey,
2: Rick. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Um, I would like to begin by thanking Elissa, Michelle, and Eric for giving me this opportunity to share my book. Um, I need to begin by saying, well, you you already got the title it's from ashes to afterlife: the Skeptic's Journey. Um, I did not come up with the idea of this book. Strangely, as it may seem, the idea of you know, doing a book like this came from my deceased parents, my deceased uncle, wow. and my brother. Um, down the road a bit, when I hooked up with a medium and I had sessions with her, um, I heard from my relatives, and they were saying, go for it, go for it. And I, I figured, you know, what could I offer them? They're already on the other side of the veil what don't they know that i know um, but i realized after a while that they really wanted other people to believe they did not believe all five of the people excuse me four of the people did not believe in an afterlife when they passed so uh, they were very excited and apparently excitement creates emotion creates better connection because i've connected with them really well over the couple, over the few years that I've um, had a medium and, and seeing them, but, um, so anyway, uh, um, uh, the book was not my idea. The afterlife is real. They are, they are saying so as well. Um, excuse me for a second. I need to just flip the page. Um, my book is about me, essentially. It's about me and uh, about 10 or 12 episodes or incidents or events that I've had over the years, um, that have created wonderment, uh, in me as to what is this all about? Mm-hmm. Um, some of them ended up for many years being conversation pieces at parties where I would talk about something and, and then let it go. Um, others, you know, stayed with me for a longer period of time. And um, only in the last few years have I kind of put everything together um, to try to understand it better. Um, And what I came up with, and it wasn't an epiphany or any one moment, but I came up with that um, there is a divine side to life. um, And it is trying to connect with me. and and it has successfully connected with me in times of need, really. Need. Mm. Um, in fact, I feel that my life has been saved on a couple of occasions
1: because wow. of
2: connections happening. Um, and I, I will go through um, and explain some of them. In yes, please. <clears throat> Uh, Oh, actually, another thing I wanted to point out that my interest in trying to get to the bottom of this goes way back, but it's something I would think about and then drop it, you know, and just let it go. And then I would think about it. Finally, when my parents passed, I decided I really want to get to know more about what's going on here. Um, I really want to, you know, kind of dig down. And this occurred about 10 years ago, this realization of needing to do more. Um, and I have to say um, to you, Elisa, um, and to Eric, Team Medhouse, that your books, um, your, your involvement in this stimulated me, you know, as a, you know I, I um, really came aboard, you know, looking at um, my son in the afterlife, and then later, the li- my life after death. Um, I like your writings, and I think it was really kind of a nut and bolt kind of thing and not a lot of fancy stuff you know it's like yes well know, that's God. eric he's yeah, well,
1: cut to the chase
0: kudos
2: to, to eric mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i remember reading the passage about you know when the energy leaves the body well it's nice to know it comes out of tubules you know in every cell of the body yeah the microtubules, yeah I do like the scientific interest event that you and eric share with yeah. each other and it makes makes it far more interesting to me than to read about you know prose that are beautiful and you know things that are nice to read but i i really like you guys want to know what's going on here
1: uh, i'm not
2: very spiritual myself um i am interested in learning about spiritual stuff but i you know, I, it, myself, I'm not particularly spiritual and never, never have been. I mean, I did grow up um, in the Jewish faith. Um, but mostly it was handed to me by my parents, unexamined by me.
1: Well, what do you um, mean you, you don't feel like you're spiritual? What is your def, definition of being spiritual? Because I'm not really sure what that is for me either.
2: Um, well, you know, feeling, I mean, okay, so, so I sort of, in my mind, separate religiosity and spiritualism. Religiosity, I connect with specific religions. That means yeah. going to church or going to temple and and, and believing in God. Um, right. And that's fine. Spiritual does not necessarily mean you have a particular religion assignment. or Not a place. Not either. a particular place, yes. Um, and... And in that sense, you know, I would stay home on Sunday and lie on the couch and, and watch a football game instead of either going into the woods and communing with nature or going to temple and you know communing with the rabbi. Um, so, I mean, neither of those appeal to me. I mean, for years I would go back and forth with friends arguing about is there a God? You know, if there's a God, can yeah. God? Blah, whatever. I mean, that's to me it's sort of a high school level discussion uh, about that and I never was satisfied. And so my sense of self, you know, whether I was atheist or agnostic for that year or whatever it was, was always going up and down and never really maintaining itself. And finally, I just kind of let it go. Mm. Um, but as I said, after my parents died and I don't, I, to me, it didn't matter what I called it, um, spiritual or religious, um, I just thought I needed to go another step and figure out things better and, and pull, pull together some of the things that had happened. And so I'm just going to go through for the moment anyway. Um, some of my, the, the book, okay, let me ask, I'm going to back up a second. I, I wanted a paperback book like everybody. Um, but I was told, and this was my publisher, which is Book Baby, I was told that, um, if I use the paperback format because I had so many pictures when I found that when I'm trying to make a statement about whether it you know, whether it be religion or whether it's spiritualism, whether it's is for an afterlife or not, I need evidence and people aren't going to sit around and you know, you know I
1: know.
2: Or, yeah, you have to you have to say yeah. this, what happened and it was really strange and look here is a picture. You know, and then of course they may think, you know, well, then you probably doctored it because it looks kind of weird. Um, one of the things, and I'm backing up again, one of the things that I determined in writing this book is that people had to believe in me as being an honest, sincere person. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, everybody, not everybody exactly, but many people have stories, you know, that, yeah. you know, are internet level interesting stories about themselves or about some miraculous event that happened. Um, I have no way, I mean, I, I generally am trust, trustful of people and no reason not to believe. But I thought if I was writing a book, um, I could only vouch for myself, you know, and, and what I put in the book. And I had to make that clear, and I do make that clear to readers at the beginning of the book. Um, you have to trust me. Otherwise, you know, go off and do something else because if you're not, believing what I'm saying actually happened and to the best of my knowledge and memory, this is the way it happened. We're all wasting our time. And so that's, you know, number one, one point. Mm -hmm. Um, so about 95% of what I talk about in there in terms of content of, you know, behavior and and things comes from me directly. Five, 7% come from some relatives who I can vouch for. Um, there's one interesting story, you know, from England, which I, you know, enjoyed for the couple of years I've known about it. Um, but other than that, it's all my my events, my stories, and so. On. Your perspective, yeah. My perspective, but but what I've lived, you know that. Yeah. You know, that. So um, so the book is divided into three sections: um, ashes, my journey and afterlife Mm. Uh, i can vouch for my after section and my journey section um in this go around this cycle of incarnation i haven't visited the afterlife and remembered it so i'm relying actually on other writers readers Um, i'm relying on on eric to a great degree i i have faith in eric i have faith in you that right or wrong, you believe, you know, what you're talking about is mm-hmm. right. And 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 I I understand that and I believe that. Um, so with you know proper attribution to Eric and to others, I have a section on the afterlife and I also discuss and if I can remember to say so I'll discuss some of other things that I talked towards the end of the book. I have a chapter called What If, I will <laughs> um, you know, if you You've read the book and you're still, your eyes are rolling up or um, when you're reading about, you know, the interview with Jesus, which, by the way, I think is a, an amazing interview. Um, the um, That when Chris, you know, happened to bop in there there. Uh, is that crazy? And that you heard Eric's voice, which I thought was oh, just
1: amazing. God, that was so healing.
2: I, I showed it to my to our
1: housekeeper, the one who found him,
2: Right.
1: and I said, listen to this, and she goes, oh my God, it's Eric. So, um, anyway, so we had that, of course, I had to be the science geek too, I had to have cool. that analyzed by a sound professional, and they said it was not a human voice, so that's kind of cool. Well, it
2: makes sense, you know, that it wouldn't be, at least my way of thinking, because yeah. it, it, In that situation, they don't have the voice box. So whatever it is, their ability to control the energy to simulate their voice as their voice was. And I had one of my chapters is a visit from my father, um, and he's talking to me. Um, He didn't say much, but, uh, and I I was, I'm a night owl. It was late at night, and I hear this voice, and it wasn't coming through my ears. It was coming, you know, from within me, telepathically, I guess is the way it would be described, and it it wasn't much, but it was, Rick, you're tired. My father was a doctor, um, and he wanted me to go to sleep a lot, and I was often, you know, awake, and he's basically in this particular event telling me, go to sleep. It's late. It's 3 a.m. in the morning, Um, and it was, you know, thinking about that and and remembering your situation with, with Eric. It was so much my father that if I didn't believe in anything else then that was enough to put me over the finish line. My yeah. father talked to me um at three a m in the morning, and this was a, a few years ago now And it wasn't
1: expected You didn't expect it
2: I had well, no cool. I was doing something on my uh, tablet I, you know and all of a sudden I hear this and the thing that okay and' there's so many ways you can go directions talking about all of yeah. this stuff um but anyway, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get back to this for the moment. Anyway, so I begin with ashes. Um, when I get to my journey, there's a chapter that I titled uh, "Shared uh, Nightmare." I'll, I'll just mention. Yeah, I, and there's 36 chapters. So I'm not going to go into every one of them. But, wow. Um, and yeah, well, they're not terribly long. They're like vignette stories, you know. But, and they're not, you know, some build on previous ones. But uh, the shared nightmare involved the death of my father-in-law, in in I, I, the year doesn't matter, but nineteen seventy seven. 1977, um, and I, and this was on Staten Island, New York, and I tried unsuccessfully to resuscitate him. He had a bad heart,
1: oh.
2: and so I got, you know, my wife called me to come upstairs. Um, and um, we were visiting, we were driving on our way to New Hampshire and we had stopped in Staten Island to visit her family. We knew he had a bad heart. At 1130 at night, he was watching the news on television, apparently and he was one of those people who had to do it his way. He had a weak heart and large heart um, and shouldn't have been walking the stairs and they had an electric chair that would go up and no, he had to walk. Oh God. So uh, his heart gave out, and yeah. basically, so my wife, yeah, I was in the basement getting our luggage to take it up to another bedroom, Um, and she said, you know, hey, come quick, my, I think my father's died, I race upstairs like I could almost fly, and I go, because it's like up on the second floor yeah. from the basement, um, and I spent, you know, like, half an hour of trying to keep him alive. Mm-hmm. It was before 911 one was called, so it's like call an ambulance kind of thing. New mm-hmm. York had some nine one one. Anyway, I went through this whole thing with him. Um and I what CPR I knew was pretty, you know, crude. I mean I should have he was sitting on the bed so I had taken off his shirt and fell backwards on the bed. But it was uh, pretty basic
1: back then too, anyway, so
2: I could have put him on the floor, I should have, you know, anyway, I put him on the bed, I swung him on the bed, leaning over, I had bruises on my shins, I had bruises on my lips, Perspiring, mm. so on and so on. Anyway, he was pronounced dead when the crew came, um, and this was already now like one or two in the morning, around three or four, my wife and I um, decided to try to get a little sleep, and so we went into the other bedroom, and you know, I, my everything was just swirling in my head. Did I do the right thing? Could I save them? Blah blah blah. You know, I was trying to uh, assess my myself. Anyway, we managed to fall asleep around four or five a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Next morning, I call California, where my family is, to report that he was he was he's dead. Yeah. Um, my parents were very sad. They knew him, of course. And yeah. Then I go and I immediately call uh, one of my brothers and explain. Try to explain, actually, um, what had just happened. And he says, wait a minute. Before you say anything, I want to tell you something. I woke up at, you know, and he said, 2 a.m. last night, I had my visit dream um, for me. And I wrote it down. So he even wrote it down. And he says, you know, someone's calling for a doctor. You say you're a doctor, but I'm a medical doctor. Um, yeah, I see you racing upstairs. I see you standing over someone trying to do CPR. I see you... Ending up, you know, the person died. He didn't know the person. Um, wow. And I see bruises on your face and bruises on your chin. Yeah. And then he says, what did you want to tell me? And I said, well, that's it. He just told me what I wanted to tell you. So he was 3,000 miles away.
1: Unbelievable.
2: Yeah, the hours, you know, different kind of thing. You know, he was in yeah. my 5 o'clock, which is 2 o'clock. So he's reporting to, I'm saying I was trying at five, in and out of, you know, craziness. Yeah. Anyway, so um, that's the kind, kind of thing. Now, that doesn't necessarily create a afterlife, having that. But it tells me there's a lot going on here. That that
1: we don't, don't know. You know, I have a very know. similar story that's going to be in the documentary. That's um, almost to story editing. Um, Pavla, the filmmaker, producer, whatever. Interviewed um, one of Eric's best friends and he was in Amsterdam, okay? And he was lying in bed and he wakes up and then all of a sudden he sees Eric flying into his face and there's a gun, you know? And it's like, it's a weird feeling and all that. And then, you know, an hour later, Michelle calls to tell him, my brother's dead. So this happens, you know, from time to time, I guess, you know? Isn't that crazy?
2: It's not. It's
1: really not. If, if
2: these things can happen, and yeah. there are I, several, more, I'll mention the others without going into any, much detail. But I mean, and they go, I, the chapters go into detail because they, they're really meaningful kinds of events that have happened. Yeah. Um, but if these things can happen, and but when do when do you, um, when when do you when does it the tipping point occur? When do you believe something is true? Um, and is real. I mean, does it take 100 people to say this happened to me too? Does it have, it has to have happened to you and nobody can tell you about it? I mean, one of the things, I mean, people start, when I decided mm-hmm. I was going to write the book, you know, some of my friend, living, you know, friends and family, you know, were worried about me being called gullible, um, worried about me, you know, being, a, turning into a, a Flat Earther and that kind of thing, or a fake moonlander. Yeah. You know that my reputation as you know a thoughtful human being was be yeah. in jeopardy. And I don't want to. Well, Galileo I, went through this, okay? Yes, this point. Anyway, so I, 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 so I say, you know, if you can, I now believe communication can occur at great distances. Now, if that's divine great, you know, whatever it is it can happen and i don't think we can explain it through newtonian physics quantum mechanics and other things maybe yeah. but i believe you know it, it occurred because it happened to me now if you had come up to me and told me the story i'd have to judge you know i think she's pretty reputable why would she be telling me the story unless it was true or something of that sort yeah. um so if you can take those leaps it's not such a big leap to believe there's an afterlife now, not that i'm at the point you know in my book yet telling you that but but there are other things that occur that would make you think, you know. that's happened to me. I think there is an afterlife. I, I would call it that anyway. Um, anyway, let me. I'll keep. Let me just go through quickly. Okay, this, is, and I'm, hopefully we'll keep it quick. The next chapter is titled "This Tree Should Not Be Standing," and it was a 1980 event in Arkansas. Same brother, I have. Uh, two other brothers, but this is the same brother. He had just gotten married in Arkansas. We're walking, his wife, New Bride and I, and we are walking around town, in 1980, Arkansas. I'm a Shutterbug type person. Um, mm-hmm. Ran out of film, the old days when they had, you know, film. Yeah. Uh, we'll walk, yeah, we'll roll it up. Yeah. Uh, walk down the street and we asked, you know, was there a camera store? And he said, right at the end of that street, pointing it out. So we're walking down the street this is june 1st lovely day blue sky mild mild breeze um trees and you know full growth of new leaves come under this one tree as we found really close to the store and we stop and i get a shiver it goes through my body and i say to my brother his wife let's hurry up and get out from underneath this tree this tree and that's where the title came from. This tree should not be standing. Um, excuse me for a second. This tree should not be standing. And they're kind of going like, okay. I mean, it's it's like a re- tree, like every other tree on the block. Yeah. So we go to the next 150 feet or 100 and something feet. Go into the camera store, um, buy my film, come out maybe minute two minutes later, and I'm confused you know there's a hill where we were just walking this tree had broken apart in those minutes and a half and was covering the the street a police car had just arrived
1: oh my god
2: um i had i i took a picture and i still have it it's in the book um uh i couldn't explain it i you know yeah. and the picture is you know you can go over you see my brother and his wife you know standing next to the tree you can see sidewise that some of it had fallen straight down where we were standing when I uttered those words a mm-hmm. minute or so before, um, and and that happened. Now I, I I thought about it for a while. <laughs> I, I bet. What a, co- what a coincidence! And part of the book gets into what is coincidence. You know, what you call a coincidence, what um, you call you know intervention.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, But if we had stopped to tie a shoelace or you know done something, we would have been in trouble. Um, Fortunately, you know, we were on our way, we had pause there, and we, you know, as soon as we scooted out from under there, I felt relief, I could just feel that tension go away. And then of course, seeing that it actually happened. Um, Anyway, so that's, that's another one. And that's definitely these days, I would chalk it up to some angelic, you know, whether, you know, I don't
1: know. A God, guardian angel. Somebody nudging you, whispering in your ear. Yeah. A deceased exactly. loved one, even.
2: Yeah. Um, wow. I, I'm just going to read some of the titles. Rosemary Adams, 19, an amazing woman, 1983, who um, was a psychic. She's no longer alive. But she told me I would probably be doing this right now. <laughs> wait, wait where was it? 1983. Oh, my it's God. I wouldn't say I'd be sitting here talking to Elisa. No, I know. I,
1: but you would be going I'll into this
2: teach or share knowledge with yeah. with that and this would be something I I should do and will be doing and so I thought Okay, okay all right.
1: And that's why you weren't killed by a tree. Apparently so you
2: need to be there. alive. And then I have uh, chapter nine is Mind melding with my father. When my father and this is nineteen ninety eight and this was a couple months before he passed. Um, he and I just we had the same mind. It's not like you know we we and i I'm sure you are familiar with it, but it's not like you know and we did kind of activities together just to see how weird this was um and the the thing that got me most was we weren't guessing, we knew you know like if I said you know think of something you know or think of a number or something like that, it's like. I, I just knew what you were thinking. It wasn't like, what well, was, you know, it's between this and that. Anyway, it was very strange. And that, that's something um, I talk about. Well, Eric, yeah. I want to ask Eric something. Eric,
1: what is it between his father and him that allowed for that to happen? Uh, were they in many lives together, twin flames, you know, a sharing soul? what—what What is it, Eric?
0: Well, um, First of all, Eric's been explaining to me as you've been talking for just about your your life path and yeah. how some of these events have had uh, intensity to them so that they would be very, they would stand out, they would be very memorable. Right. Because now he just, he I'm going to share this because what he was telling me is you had a past life with your father, um, with some of the family members that have come to you to share some of this information. And what he shows me is there was a fire that there was life lost. And yeah. Eric's saying that in that lifetime you had survived the fire and you were like, there, there must not be any God for this to happen. There oh. was so much despair in you. Yeah. And he says that that lifetime had a lot of despair and he says, uh, feeling trapped and Coming into spirit and into this lifetime is all about freedom
2: Interesting. and
0: and sharing the afterlife. So it, it, the purpose is why all of these things are so intense. And you and your father have had experiences in other lifetimes with your connection. And uh, I don't know how much you talk to him now, but it feels very open between you and your father. And you have a lot of family members here. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot here. Yeah. We
1: should
0: sell tickets. The
2: medium who I went to and had have gone to for about five um, readings over a period of ten years um, said I I was very tapped in. I think was the word she used to them, or they were we were tapped into each other, and she she thought we were there was a lot of you know almost by the moment we could understand each other. And, yes. You know, well, thanks. I appreciate Let Eric come in with any thoughts he has and
0: Yeah. He's been chatting away here. Of course. <laughs> he of yeah.
2: I have a, a, a chapter 10 is dad or dead. And the reason I have a dad or dead is I don't know what I said. And what I said was important because I fell asleep driving and this would have been around 2 AM in the morning. Um, Fortunately, it was a very lightly traveled road, so I, I had gone down the road, fallen asleep, had crossed to the other side, heading towards a stand of trees or a pole, like poles, yeah. um, and I was asleep, and there, there's only one way, way that I could have wakened in time, and that was by screaming something. I woke myself up. I don't, to this day, know if I screamed dad or if I screamed dead, wow. um, but whatever it was, it had to happen so quickly where I was going to crash. I woke up and managed to turn the wheel just in the nick of time, as they say, um, and save myself. Now, I don't take credit for that. I don't think my father takes credit for that, um, but somebody was watching over me again there. So. Well, Eric,
1: what did he say, dad or dead?
0: father was there and there was angelic energies there and actually saying dad, um, he's saying both. It was okay. like thinking and saying something at the same time.
2: Mm. Because I, your dad's yeah.
0: presence was absolutely there yeah. and that they were saving you from death.
2: Mm. Apparently that was an exit day for yeah. me. Wow. And I was completely gone. Um yeah. and I thank whoever whoever was watching over me then because it, you know, I that'd be supposed to call. And I uh, definitely needed it that moment, that time. If it, it had been a two-syllable word that I screamed before I woke up, as opposed to dad or dead, and, you know, I would have hit. Because it had to be so loud. Wow. And, uh, and loud. And, and loud. loud. Yeah. And make me loud enough to make one-syllable sound to wake me up was the only thing that kept me from smashing into everything. So thank you, whoever I do. Oh! Hmm. Anyway, I'm going to speed this part up and I'm sure there are callers. Um,
1: No, take your time. This is is fascinating.
2: This is chapter 11. Are you a baseball fan by any chance?
1: I love baseball.
2: I like volleyball best. But yeah. 2009, my wife and I went to a Red Sox game. Hmm. Is that a boo? Um, And the Red Sox were playing the Yankees. And... The uh the star of the Red Sox was David Ortiz, better known as Big Poppy.
1: Oh, Big Poppy, yeah, I've
2: heard of that. He's been in a slump uh, all, all you know, the first quarter of the year. Had only two home runs and so on. Anyway, we're down sitting in seats, way down on near the left field fence, which is a green monster, if anybody cares. <laughs> um and in, at some point he said, he came to bat. At some point, suddenly someone had turned on something in my head. I knew exactly what was going to happen, and I said, and, and I also turned on my recorder on my camera to hear me save a calling. And I said to my wife, "Big Poppy is going to hit a home run. It's a line drive home run he had left and he's in left the and I point. He's going to hit it over that wall right there.
1: Wow. Next
2: pitch. Next pitch." Big poppy hits a line drive home run. Now, it was like, it just came to me. I, I, and I turned off my camera. It was the only thing I photographed. It was the only time I ever, and I don't go around predicting home runs, trust yeah. me. Um, but it was, it kind of felt like it was telling me that if I'm relaxed and, I don't, and I'm not getting in my own way, which is an expression that people use yeah. about me, um, things will flow and I, I can just, you know go along for the ride and it also kind of felt like maybe um there's a lighter side to divinity not everything has to be a tree is going to fall on me or a car is going to crash into a tree it's like hello and we're having a good time at a baseball game and here's some evidence that you know we're still here watching over you yeah spirit has a lot of humor actually especially eric <laughs> yeah Oh what especially eric
1: Spirit has a lot of humor. They're, you know, they have a good sense of humor most of the time.
2: Well, that felt light and and yeah. fine, and it kind of opened up for me the idea of trying not to control things, try to let things just kind of flow, and 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 there are good forces, energy there watching over me, whether I need help or not at that particular moment. Um, Anyway, and then there's my father's voice and there's a ghostly apparition. I'm not gonna go into that, but I definitely was visited by uh I actually actually can show you the picture if I can find it really Cool. cool. I, I, I videoed it. Um I'm known for you know, having a camera video uh camera as well still. And so it involved, you know, suddenly a shadow I was sitting in a room with Atrium room with glass and Something was happening outside. I turn and I see this enormous shadow hold off here. We go and I'm not trying to hold it the exact place. Oh Whoa, so that's on the house next door the house next door Is that like a shadow person Eric or what is that Eric?
1: There is a half
2: person there who is casting a shadow but couldn't possibly be casting the whole shadow yeah and he's, he's you're, calling
1: it a guide a guide i'll say it again
0: it's a guide but it's a family family member guide it's
2: family oh, let me see here's here's the it or whatever leaving wow um, so one one thing about let me say a couple words about um about an e-book, uh, an ebook because I had so many pictures, I had over 50. I have over 50. Um, the the softcover book would have cost a buyer, okay. you know, oh yeah, over 55 dollars. Oh God, yeah. I, I wouldn't buy the book
1: then. No, no. Well, I would, but because I love you. But yeah, I get it.
2: So as an e-book, it's it's 7.99. And that's something you know I think about. awesome um, but um an ebook has hyperlinks, so you click on the hyperlink oh. and it takes you to big poppy hitting the home run and talking mm. it takes you to uh this a- apparition, the family member of much a- better much better. It, it takes you to the forty five seconds of video I shot of it. Um, some some amazing things about that that I'm not going to go into, but um, it takes you to any of the things that I like, a website or any of the videos that I think you know are helpful to you, and that wouldn't happen on the paperback, as you know. So there is an advantage or two to having an ebook. I've come to like ebooks. I agree. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it's a lot less expensive to buy them, and
1: and you're going to talk about your giveaway. But let's continue with your story first. I just want to remind people I'll, that that's coming.
2: I'm sorry, I didn't hear the
1: last part. I want to remind the audience out I'll, there that that is coming. Okay.
2: What I was going to do now um, is one of the things of my, one of my intentions in the book is to help people who are maybe close to believing, making up their mind, yeah. take that next, next step. I mean, I'm not trying to be a nudge or anything, but I'm just saying, you know, there's a lot of really mysterious, yeah. interesting, lovely, divine, life-saving, helpful things going on out there, you know, and they may have already happened to you. There may be signs and so on. Um, what I was going to, to uh, do at this point, I don't know if there's really enough time because I'm sure the calls was to go to one of the re- reading sessions with the medium um, and show how how on the mark she was. I mean, you you surround yourself with screen. It's amazing. Pardon? That I know. Um, I, it's going it mean, to be
1: amazing. Like, right
2: off the bat, you know, she's got my father, she's got my, had to figure out my mother, yeah. you know, names. I mean, this is the first session. Um, all sorts of things that were really kind of amazing. But I'm not going to do that because I, I, it's already getting on to the late side. But what I what I, where I was going to go then, after that, was um, a couple of years after that first session, which was 10 years ago. A couple of years after that, another session, same medium. Um, and my mother, I believe it is, through the medium is telling me, speaks up about a, a wedding, a wedding coming up. And, you know, and I couldn't say I knew that there was a wedding coming up. I knew my son was engaged but I didn't know there was, you know, a wedding plan. And so she saying she's a medium, is saying that my mother's saying that she's gonna be at the wedding. She definitely is gonna be at the wedding. And my father's gonna be at the wedding soon. If he knew my mother, if she said she was going to do something, she was gonna do it. So I got it into my head that I I was gonna be I mean it's my son, I was definitely gonna be at the wedding. She's I had a son or a grandson who was getting married soon, and I, just, I didn't know the date exactly, but I know, yes, it, it is planned. Anyway, so at the wedding, which was like six, seven months after this pronouncement in the session, I'm at the wedding and I'm watching everybody. I'm looking for signs, you know, yeah. as to, you know, their arrival and so on and so on. And <coughs> um, I couldn't see anything unusual, didn't see anything unusual, but I asked for pictures you know, and so within about two weeks, I was getting my cousin sending me pictures. The people who had been at the wedding were sending me all sorts of pictures. Um, they were not noticing anything. You had to be looking for things to find them. And what I see in my cousin's pictures um, are golden, I I can say butterflies, they have to look like golden moths, but I couldn't see them when they were there. Oh, Yeah but I could see them in the picture, and they, and there are like three pictures, and they go from just kind of being near near me, and this is the processional of the wedding. So you've got my son in the middle, my wife on one side, me on the other. Um, And I'm walking forward, and there are, it's not a video, but you can see that they've moved. Right. And what what they did, if you follow this, you know, another step further, they were part of the going down the aisle. They were with me going down the aisle. Oh, wow. They were actually going down the aisle. Um, And it was the most amazing realization I had when I saw them, you know, in front of my shoe and in front of that, that they were moving with the three of us. And they had every right to go down the aisle. of course. (laughs) But and here they were doing it. Then I got other pictures. And I got pictures, this was in a amphitheater in Berkeley, California, out in a, a Redwood Grove. So, you know, you have a sort of a stage down below and then you have this, you know, half bowl, like a bowl. And on the wind steps near the front corner of the stage, there were a golden light, a golden light, you know? And so I, not a professional photographer, but I knew I had to kind of take a close-up and a close-up and a close-up. And it turned out they were not really spherical orbs, but they were like golden egg-shaped orbs bunched together on no. the edge of a step in direct view of the, of the couple, you know, saying their vows. They were like 12 feet. You could see that they were just perched, I guess is the word, you know, looking down the steps to my son and his, yeah. and, you know, about to be wife, um, really amazing. And then they went away at some point, and then the golden moth butterflies came back, and then there were golden, more orb-like things. Now, at going to the wedding, I knew nothing of spirit orbs. I had never yeah. even heard the term. I was wondering how were they going to show up. They're going to show up, you know, in sort of a ghost-like vision of themselves. Yeah. I'm convinced beyond doubt that this was they, and they, and Eric maybe can give me more insight. Um, it's like they, they became what they needed to become at the time they needed to become. So they needed to be these moths and hovering things when I was doing the yeah. processional, but they needed to be these Orbe things sitting on the steps when it was time for the vow. Stationary, yeah. Nobody saw them, you know, and everything that I'm reporting. I know more activity of them afterwards. Um, they were as moths, golden moths, call them butterfly, that's nicer. Um, <laughs> you know, gained around my son and his four cousins of the sixth generation. So you know does that make sense Eric Yeah
1: Eric, t- tell us what what happened here.
0: So what he's saying is um, with the, the butterflies, without energy, he says think about it as vibration because that represents the, the movement and also the excitement.
1: Yeah. Oh. So he
0: says, when you were seeing them more stationary, and it's very interesting because I've seen the same. Oh, and I've wow. seen them in that same way. And actually, the very first time I saw multiple auras was in Texas at, um, actually, when I first met you, Lisa, the first time I went to Texas, and it was at Carrie's house. Which oh, yeah. The Shiny Show event. And I remember looking in the middle of the room, and I saw everyone's aura, and it, they were joined together like cells. Mm-hmm. And so what Eric has shared with me, and this is what he's saying, is that that is our, that, that is our natural form. So mm-hmm. think of all the cells that our body is made up of. The, the physical body is like a cell. Yeah. The orb. Yeah. So that was them in their natural state, present.
1: Did you say orbs? you saw orbs or auras?
0: I thought it, it was, um, I do see orbs, yes, but it was seeing this everyone, is or, everyone was connected like cells. Oh, I gotcha. So okay. The, so it's like the, the orb or the shape really depends on, Eric says, the vibration, the temperature, what's needed, right. like all of these different oh, wow. um, these different elements, is it, why we see them in different forms and also the vibration of who or what is coming through. Because it all goes through frequency, and so um, what also is interesting, you know, I, I got to share this. This weekend, I had an experience with Eric, and Eric has been telling me to go outside, keep standing on the earth every day, stand on the earth, stand yeah. on the earth. Okay, this is this is my project with him right now. So Saturday morning, he says, while you're out there on the earth, why don't you go get the clippers and clip the shrub that you've been putting off? And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, so I went and did it. And he uh, had a, a dragonfly, okay? A dragonfly comes zipping around the corner of the house so fast. I saw it coming and hit me right in the third eye. Whoa. So banged right into me. And my husband saw it too. But, um, but he's just saying, like, all of these things are possible because of our energy, the excitement, all yeah. of these things. So, like, that was beautiful that you experienced yeah. that with your family.
2: Amazing. Yeah, it, it, it is amazing. Um, and they, in a follow-up session with the medium, they said they were there and they were able to describe the corner of the amphitheater um, and that yeah. they were up in, um, which is, you know, flying, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, so it makes it easier <laughs> for me when I'm hearing, you know, affirmation, confirmation, you know, whatever nation. Um, yeah. To, That there really is, you know, a lot going on. There is an afterlife. It's not such an unbelievable thing. And I have a lot. I'm not going to obviously go into it all, but I have a lot more evidence. Um, This turned me on to, by the way, this event turned me on to orbs in general. And I started looking back in family photographs and seeing these green orbs pop up. Oh wow! In pictures I had taken at the cemetery where my parents are interred in a vault. Yeah. And I look up at, you know, the corner and there's green orbs. And so I started, you know, looking at what are green orbs and, you know, they apparently are signs of health and getting well or whatever it is. I don't know if it was aimed at me, but I have about four or five different visits to the cemetery where I have found and taken pictures of orbs um, very near their vault. This is a cemetery with thousands of burial sites, but this yeah. is all front, like 10 feet, five feet from where they're insured. So I, I believe that's them, one or both, I don't know, but they're not, you know, the body's in the vault, but the essence, you know, the energy of the soul is lying around and, you know, doing all mm-hmm. sorts of things. So uh, anyway. Have you ever
0: zoomed into, uh, w- with a digital, I do a lot of orb photos and videos yeah. in my home. Especially after I've done sessions,
1: oh, and
2: yeah.
0: have you ever zoomed in and looked inside at them? I
2: I have um I have a two I have a picture of two orbs that I took in Siena, Italy. Um and in the first one, again you know these, these are all in the book. Anybody that's interested, pictures of the book. I mean, um and their are videos not of that particular one, but you see the orb in picture one. And i didn't see it when i was taking a picture on a window below you know um mother and child you know Mary yeah you know and, um and then i automatically will take at least two pictures and i took a second picture and in the second picture that orb that was there has moved very close to me and you can see through it you can see a woman walking down the street and you see another orb up in the building you know a yellow Mm. orbs these pictures were taken five ten seconds apart amazing i didn't look at them right away or i would have taken a dozen more pictures because but yeah i mean i could see through the orb um i have other pictures i mean at night they look very complex i have Mm. you know four pictures taken at night but yeah i think
0: orbs
1: that's a That's one of the ways I started to believe. It took me forever to really believe because you get this amazing proof and all of a sudden doubt over time would drift in. And then maybe it was my... my Uh, One of the first was my daughter, Michelle, was taking pictures while I was going to Eric's room. I don't know why I would ever want to go in that room again. And we looked at it later and there was an orb with a long comet tail. Mm -hmm. And uh, I sent it to a photo expert and he took the gamma all the way down, or whatever that means. And he could say he said it's his own light source. You can even see it tail like it's moving, yeah. lighting up the the banister it was next to. You. So they're really real.
0: Yes, and they have Ooh. a lot of information. If you zoom in on them, you can see like I am fascinated, and I see faces. And uh, there was one that we had. I uh, probably told this before, but one that we had that was green and had a male face inside of it it was so clear Mm. mustache and everything well i took it over to my parents to show them he looked like somebody in our family wow my mother gets a photo album gets one of these old photos from like the late 1800s and it's my great great grandfather
1: unbelievable
0: in my living room in that (laughs) orb so (laughs) so. rick Rick and eric people are grieving
1: over a loved one how do they take pictures, videos. I mean, do you have any advice concerning when, where, what is dark, what what kind of camera, anything like that?
0: Eric Eric has, um, and he, he shares this a lot, and, and loved ones that come through will speak of it as well. And the easiest thing to do is to use your cell phone, your yeah. iPhone, your Android, and to put it on video to have very little to low lighting. Or, no lighting is best, but if you have very low lighting... That's yeah,
1: that works great. for me. I see Eric, in Eric's room, yeah. it's zipping around. I can say, turn yeah. pink, and he'll turn pink. But I go in another room, and there's nothing. Right. And there's it's there's not there's like that room better. is dusty, because, yeah know...
0: If, if, if you... Um, Eric's just saying right now, he says, choose a room that has, like, if you're looking to connect with somebody that's passed, and you have, like, their bedroom or an area yeah. where their items are there's a charge of their personal energy that will help the other thing is too is he says make sure you consider your own state you know do it when you're calm do it when you feel peaceful and ask them
1: them. do you you mind I'm going to take some pictures would you mind making an appearance
0: Eric says treat it the same way you would as if you were going to sit down and meditate and talk or same thing like hey are you here And (laughs) okay Eric Um, okay, I'll finish this thought first. Um, He's just saying that, um, so just put put it on video, and the next thing, make sure your flash is on. Those are very important, those two things. And the reason why you want to put it on video is so that you can just, you know, have the movement, because you can go back later and screenshot.
1: Yeah.
0: And then you can sit and zoom in on them and and keep kind of investigating, because you will see more. And Eric also says, um, it's a great way to see your own energy because we project energy from ourselves. Mm. So we'll see what looks like mandalas mm-hmm. and oh. geometry, so we can see our own state as well. Wait,
1: if, if somebody's videotaping us?
0: No, ourselves. He says watch for some of the orbs, and some of them will look like they're coming right from you.
1: Oh. And you'll
0: notice they'll be a little bit different because he says a lot of times spirit orbs. Have a well the light source, but it's it's the edges look a little bit different. Yeah. So when it's something that's coming from us, it'll have like a pattern inside, oh. but the edges are a little more solid.
1: Yeah. Like so when you the, say turn the flash on, does that mean it's go, it's lighting up? I mean. Yeah. So right. If
0: you're if you're putting your your phone on. Right. So you have it facing out like you're taking a camera. You put your outside flash on. So either if you're putting your camera on video. You want to make sure that the the flash is on, so when you turn it on, it's got that bright light. Okay, got it,
1: got it, got it. To
0: pick it up a lot easier, and you can definitely tell the difference between dust above. Oh and yeah. Orb because the orbs have their own light source, and they turn colors. And if yours doesn't. And
1: you can flash, actually turn colors. Yes. It's yes. amazing.
0: Yes, Eric loves to zip around and uh, like. And they go fast. The yeah. especially Eric Ruff I'll around. tell you we did one uh, the other day and I always say Eric where are you are you here Eric are you here and the other day I heard his voice say to me Michelle are you here uh, <laughs> oh my god That's
2: funny. That, I, I have hyperlinked the video that you guys took of Eric and somebody else mm-hmm. in your house in, in your home I guess um, where he's zipping around and I think he was pink at mm-hmm. one point Oh, yeah. Be gotten from buying the ebook because it's hyperlinked on mm-hmm. to do that. But what I wanted to say about um, spirit orbs is that um, it's really helpful if you have context, as opposed to just orbs flying around willy nilly, yeah. you don't know what they are, Yeah. but if you, you know your great grandfather, yeah. uh, you know, somebody in the family, it's just so much more meaningful. And if you can talk to it and try to get some communication going, I think that's just absolutely amazing. But mm-hmm. is there any reason you shouldn't be able to do that? Yeah. I mean, why Why not? Right. That's, that's
0: what Eric says. He says it's another form of communication. Right. It's, a, it's another great way to connect. And he says that... Um, for anybody that's doing this, you know, if it's, if you're in a lot of grief and yeah. it's not happening, it doesn't mean they're not there. But the, the grief can be very heavy. It changes yeah. the, the density. It changes the temperature of the air. So he says, keep at it. Yeah. Keep doing it. Don't give up.
1: All right, before we talk about your giveaway, because we have to close here pretty soon, there's some people out there that I know you wanted to call in and didn't get a chance. So maybe next time we'll have a callers-only But we're having the YouTube live tomorrow. And so um, I know that some of you guys live on the other side of the world. So I can ask your question for you. There's like two people that um, I need to address that tomorrow. So please don't be upset. Uh, This was fascinating. I don't want to have you back again anyway. And uh, it'd be cool if you could like be a co-host. Are you going to be a, a, you obviously have talent. Can you be a psychic medium or? I mean, what? Maybe you should be a psychic medium professionally, or?
2: Um, I, I mean, I don't know, but it's not. I haven't thought of it ever that that particular way. But uh, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy to watch, number one. If I can be of help, joining in at some point, that would be fine. But I, you know, see how it goes. let Well, Eric, quite-
1: what do you have to say about that?
0: says that Rick is, is very humble but he enjoys his process you're brilliant
1: you know he, he's yes. brilliant right Eric is brilliant
0: yes. he says yes and he also says um, he goes uh, think outside of the box now because there's all kinds of things within you that go in so many different exciting directions so I have a feeling that as he's saying this that you're going to have some new discoveries about yourself in this next year or so
1: that's very cool. All right, first of all, tell us about the giveaway, and also tell us how people can purchase your book, your ebook.
2: Okay, well, my book is available through major outlets, but the outlet that seems to be of most interest to people is Amazon.
1: Yeah.
2: If you go to Amazon and, you know, you're doing the search, you type in R.J. Kaufman, K-A-U-F-M-A-N, or sometimes just from the title, from Ashes." To afterlife, yeah. As much as you need, yeah. Uh, it'll take you to the page you need to go to um, automatically, and then what you need to do at that point is just follow the instructions. The one important thing to do, though, if you haven't, you can have any device. It can be a computer,
1: yeah.
2: It can be a, a cell phone. It can be a you know tablet. And what it needs to have. I'm oh, sorry, Up how much
1: time did you say? It's 90 seconds. It's okay. Oh. Don't worry about it. You heard Maybe. that? Oh, my God. Okay.
2: You need you need to have the Kindle app on that device. It's oh. Free, yeah. But it just has to be on whatever device you're planning to read. Once it's on there and you buy it by following the directions, it'll download to whichever device you have that has your uh, email address and that okay.
1: Okay, so how can they get, the how many, the, the first X five people can get the 70. free
2: giveaway or what? Well, that, I thought we were, you know, I thought we'd be half and half tonight and we'd get, you know, eight or ten callers. But, um, it, you know, just, you know, people want the book, 7 99 if they want to buy it.
1: Oh, they, come on, it's worth it, definitely. That sounds awesome. And maybe we'll have you on again, we'll have callers that will ask you questions, and then we can do the giveaway. Sounds great. That
2: would be great. I agree. All right.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, um, Rick. I love you. You are so brilliant. This is so fascinating. I want you back. We all want you back. Yes. Yes, we
0: will have you
1: back. All right. I love you all. Thank you. Yeah, y'all be sure to check the description box for everybody's information. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Good night, everybody. Good night. Love you, Eric. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.